Thanks so much for listening to No Lions Here with me, Big Panda. Hey guys, welcome back to No Lions Here. I'm Big Panda and I'm a recovering sex addict. Uh, this is going to be uh, episode two with Pat. In this episode, we, we swap some stories and and just talk about recovery. And honestly, it was a, it was a really good connection. Um, and I really appreciate Pat being here and, and sharing his story with you guys. And so from we'll, we'll pick it up where we left off. And I really hope you guys are enjoying. Thanks. I run. Yeah. I run. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, there was I mean, so many moments of just uncomfortability and oh my God. just intense emotions. And it wouldn't even be, you know, you're sitting here listening to somebody else. It's not even me sharing my stuff or, or, un, or unfolding, you know, peeling back my onion. And it's somebody else peeling back their onion. And you're just like, oh, my gosh, this is intense. Yeah. No, it's uh, no, there's like a camaraderie and brotherhood definitely built from that shared experience. It's unlike. Oh, yeah. Unlike anything, man. And I, I Matt did. I remember one day I was like falling asleep. Cause that's what I do. I and yeah, apparently that is a fighter. That's a fight or flight response. Yeah. That is a. And I remember he threw a dry erase board at marker at that's me. That's like that's like gonna happen stuff, you know. And my oh, yeah. I mean, there were days oh, that yeah. I went back from, from after that day, and like I had to go to bed. Like I'd get back up for dinner, but like I wasn't gonna be like you know cooking tacos or whatever, and like you know like I need to like <laughs> lay down and like take a rest. Yeah, so. you 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 did, and then I remember like I remember I would be up. I remember like I couldn't as exhausting as that was physically, like where I was at in my life at that point in time, and everything that happened and what led yeah, up to that. that. Dude, my mind would not stop. I and then you know they throw in this this Tinsa book, which is an awesome book. It's a, it's it's an awesome book. The yeah, the guy who wrote it. Light reading. It's not light reading, and the guy who Barda again a genius but it, he wasn't a writer either so the writing style in it is not it's yeah. kind of jumping around but you know it's a textbook it's a textbook yes yep and so my mind so i was always the last one up because i yeah. would sit in the kitchen and i'd read my gucci main book just yeah. to give me to a place and i remember all so many times i remember one night it was a couple days before we left you came down super late and you're like yeah i'm going to make brownies yeah, dude, I'd always be. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, yeah, all right, let's make brownies. And you there's, and I stayed up, and we made brownies. Well, there's always uh, leftovers too from the meals, and the food was good. So, thanks to Logan, so I was always eating late night, man. Uh, yeah, it was like, funny. There's nothing like rehab munchies, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. Somebody actually asked me recently. Um, I treatment got brought up, and they were like, "Oh, I bet you, I bet you lost." some weight during all that. And I was like, nope, it was actually the complete opposite. They were like, hey, whatever you guys want, let us know and we'll cook. And we actually had a chef um, who was with us and who loved to cook. And literally all of our meals were just like comfort food meals because we're going through all this, this traumatic experience. Why deprive us of this comfort food? What's what we needed? No, definitely. And I think there are definitely some substitution. Your sugar intake goes up a little bit. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I will say I will never look at LaCroix water the same. 
No, that's good stuff. Good stuff. Um, yeah, that's that's all. Like that's all we drank. It, Did we ever we remember get... the, the the little spreadhead's name? No, I still, I still, yeah, I meant yeah. to ask in the meeting the other the other night because we'll we had we would we would have these guys. We had a house manager and then a couple other guys that would kind of rotate in and out. They would drive us places or they would help make dinner. Just they were just there, and we had one guy, this one little guy from Georgia who was. And they all had their own backstories, and not even all of them were sex addicts. And they all had their own little backstories. Lane. This Lane. dude was. Lane. Lane. Yep. Yeah. Yep. He was a dogs fan and a rock and roll fan, and he liked his psychedelics at one point. <laughs> oh, dude, that guy was so cool. Pat and I were talking the other night, actually, and we could not remember this guy's name. For the life of us, he was like a weekend guy. He came in on the weekends with us. Yeah, remember when um, he stayed Estes at the house? Park. Estes Park. That was yeah, great. yeah. He took us to Estes, and yeah, man, we got to we really got to do some really cool walks. I remember there were some days that were really nice, and then you remember that day it was snowing. We were yeah, walking out I, there in the uh, snow. I stayed in the van that day. I'm trying to remember what I had going on. I don't know if I just wasn't feeling well, or the one that I remember was like the. Uh, it was kind of an elevated trail around the lake, like a, like a reservoir. Was that little. Estes? No, no that, that wasn't well, Estes. Nope. Well, there was that there was that body of water at Estes, but that was like a bigger reservoir. I'm talking like this was like uh, I just remember one spot where we kind of came down and we like went down to the water edge and then it like went back up. Saw a couple other people a little bit outside of town. I don't know. Was that the one we he was gonna take us to one, but it was closed. I think and he so. was like, I know where this other one is. Yes, and it was, it was like the wind was whipping. It was we are it was open. And I remember we got like halfway through the walk and we're like, Hey man, can we just go back to the house and throw the football around? Yeah, I think that's where it was. That that, that and he weekend. was like, Yeah, yep, that first weekend. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that good, was. It was a good. Um, it was a good experience. I mean, I'm not a. You know, I know you have your own life experiences out there and. I've not always had the best luck in in Denver. I'm not a huge fan, especially now that I don't partake in the local farm, you know, farm <laughs> economy. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was inter- it was nice to have like a a whole like you know agenda planned for me because I've definitely got some buddies out there that can be difficult to hang around if you're sober. If you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So what was what was your your favorite thing about BAI and your least favorite thing? I think my favorite thing was, you know, the whole, you know, kind of providing a framework for, because so much, I think, of what you go through when you have discovery is the other person saying, like, why in the fuck, like, where is this coming from? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Because it's, like, sort of, like, well, it's, it certainly was, like, living in the dark or in secret on either and you know completely secret or just you know a lot of just things that were not adding up but they're like blindsided to the point where you know most of them were traumatized like you know if you told them the sky was blue they'd have to check with five other people to confirm it yep um so i think being able to like say like look i know that you know i know that portrayed to you that I was doing okay and I like didn't let you in and didn't ever 
offer up to you like, Hey, I'm really hurting or this is something that's bothering mm-hmm. me. But like all along, there was something that was like underlying, you know, a really uh, deep sense of like pain and hurt that I was going through. And, you know, I think, hopefully, I'm not saying it's an excuse for my behavior, but can give you like some understanding of what I was, why I would resort to this type of behavior. You know, it was like a coping yeah. mechanism for that. So sort of like, and I, I'm always, I struggle because it's like, even with like, I don't know, whenever I introduce them or my qualification, like when I talk about my parent, my background and my family background, like I'm not blaming anything that's happened to me on my parents or saying it's mm-hmm. their fault. I think they did, like I said, they did the best they could, you know, they may not have done exactly what I would do, but like, I'm not up for any parent of the year awards right now that I'm mm-hmm. aware of. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah. My parent, my, my daughter certainly might lament me someday in a qualification. So, <laughs> you know, we're all, we're all, you know, got a diff- different set of circumstances that we came about from. And, um, it's just to have that context, I think is helpful. And I'm, yeah, I just, I am careful though, because I do think, and I mean, maybe it's because it's how it's been received, you know, I haven't gotten a real receptive, uh, receptive audience still. And that just could be a matter of the time, you know, that where my, um, you know, significant other is and her, her recovery, the work that she's done or hasn't done and the additional field research that I've pursued or haven't pursued, you know, if I, if I had maintained continuous sobriety, who knows, maybe she'd have been a more, uh, receptive audience to that. But, you know, she's kind of said like, well, I know you talk about like this trauma from your childhood, but like, can you like just walk me through that again? It's like, mm. that's going to be a hurtful thing to hear, you know? Like, you're not like, yeah, I don't need you to validate it, but I don't need you to sound like you're questioning it or like, it almost sounds like I'm being accused of lying. It's like, if you think I would just, okay, so you think I identified this trauma focused institute, went there manufactured this trauma that I'm not really like, have you seen the scar in my chest? You don't think that was like, and I need to be careful. Cause like, you know, again, I'm just, even just talking about it brings up the resentment in me. Um, I think the least favorite thing was, uh, I wish, you know, I wish it had been in, in retrospect. I wish it had been a month long. Mm. I probably could use a month. I mean, based on my, my experience, you know, yeah, And, uh, you know, if I look at the amount of time, money, and effort that I put into treating my other addictions, you know, 28 days at double the cost of what I put into BAI would not have been outside of the realm of, outside of the realm of, like, reasonable. Yeah. And just thinking about, like, when I described it to you, what was my analysis of when I'd say I'd go? It was half the time and mm. it was affordable. So it's yeah. like I basically picked it on the cheap and I think I had a great experience. Loved the people, loved everything they did there. I just think that my addiction is my recovery is telling me that my addiction could have used more of it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not like I wasn't under any sort of time constraints. I could have done the fucking six month program. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah it, was, it was. Yeah. It was funny. It was funny that you said that. It, it was because it, you know, when you, 
when you shared, oh, you know, I heard 14 days and I was like, okay, I'm still listening. I'm yeah. still listening. It's almost like, you you know, yeah, absolutely. They could absolutely draw that out to be a 30 day. A 30 Remember day they program. had that other one in Nashville, right? That the mm-hmm. company that bought them, it just it introduced. I but, think it's, it's funny though, the way you put it, cause it was like, almost like as a sex addict or just an addict in general, you, you, you're, what does it say in the reading? We tried to find an easier and softer, softer way. way. The result was nil. And the result was nil, but I've yet thinking, yeah. I've been thinking they about like, they marketed that as like an easier, Hey, only 14 days opposed to 30 days. Yeah. I've been thinking about that though, because it's like the result is not always nil. The result can be less than nil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like to me, because to me, nil just implies like you didn't get any better. Like the thing, that's the thing of addiction. Like you go to zero and dead. Like to me, that's less than nil. <laughs> so like, yeah. I've at least arrested my, you know, descent and my my behaviors have gotten out of the worst parts of the outer circle or is it inner mm-hmm. circle or ones you want to stand or inner inner circles the ones you wait inner circles the the break the breaking sobriety middle yeah. outer yeah. i've been staying mostly in my outer circle you know yeah occasionally i i tap dance in the you know the i would say the least destructive inner circle ones and sometimes i like the gray area of like you know, I've done, I've done things where I'm like, in retrospect, was I just, what were my motives there? You know, like I bought this uh, older woman lunch around a pool here at the hotel one time with, when I was with my daughters. You know, she was like lamenting that she didn't have anything, any money to buy herself a salad for lunch. Like, was I just being a nice guy or on some level that I wanted to like maybe take an interest? Hmm. I didn't do anything to like go pursue her, you know, then like, right. It's just like, I really didn't need to buy that, do that. You know, like, I don't know. I just like, I think I just need to be more careful because it's like, I've repeatedly shown that I find myself in these, like what maybe for some people are just normal everyday experiences, but then I somehow turn them into like a chaos. <laughs> yeah. Chaotic mm-hmm. And I like chaos on some level, you know, Dude, it's the intensity. Like, yeah. it was funny. I was I was talking to somebody the other day, and it was like the intensity, especially with like, well, I mean, really in any addiction, but like for me, it's the the buildup, the yeah. the intensity of all right, I'm gonna go the get hunt. the drugs, the hunt, hunt, the hunt. Yes, the hunt. There's this intensity and in the hunt. There's all this huge buildup, and then you finally get that release, and you're like, what? What that lasted that. two seconds. Um, you know, uh, talking about sex, but it, and then it's like, well, shit. Now I feel like shit, and I want more. So let's keep this thing rolling. Yeah, man. Part of my, uh, I just so I just finished with a sponsor that I began working with in uh, May. I just got done with a fourth step inventory, uh-huh. which included like a back and forth. So I told you I didn't even like I didn't have really a sexual inventory to report of in high school, but still, just high school alone was two pages worth of like the schematic like Venn diagram shit of like 
in high school. Like Chase after bottom into three groups, but the boot were the girls that like once I got to know them, I didn't even know why I was chasing them in the first place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like Yeah. Once I get to know these people, I'm like, wait, what is that why why am I attracted to this person? Just because I'm like such a teenage wendell dog. But it's just like how much of my life I've spent wasting like either trying to impress people that I shouldn't be trying to impress or coming to the realization that like, I really don't like these people anyway. Once I get to know them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I totally feel that. I, I, for me, that was like the can this control, like, look, I don't like you, but I want you to like me. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to be, I want to be in control of whether or not you're in my life. I don't want you in my life, but I want you to want to be in my life so that I have the control and be like, Nope, sorry. I'm in control. You're not. Yeah, it's bizarre. It's really uh, tough, man. I think that was one of the biggest things that I took away from BAI was, like, the control aspect. I didn't realize uh, how much of, like, control it was. And Because I was like, I'm not a control freak. I don't don't get this. This is weird. And then I was like, all right, hold on. This all makes sense now. Yeah, I think uh, I need to even noodle on that more because, you know, they're definitely uh, an aspect of my behavior that's, like, resentment towards – my significant other about, you know, different historical events that we've had. And I, I want to say like, I, I, you know, my initial reaction is, Oh, I'm not trying to control you. I just like, you know, our sex life went downhill and I decided to like, you know, sprinkle some things on the side, but you know, mine is more of like, uh, just, I just want to rather avoid intimacy. And that's just that's like a good transactional way to like have sex and not have to have intimacy. But there's definitely some sort of codependence going on with us because even when my behaviors improve, it's like she'll like ratchet up and start finding stuff further back in the past. Mm. And I'm like, well, I thought you, I thought since you knew X that took place on this date that I didn't. Even, I mean, I would have gone and scrubbed my phone if I was up to that something that was really that <laughs> like. Limitations mm-hmm. on behaviors that are discovered in my stuff. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, because it's like you just keep re scratching off the same old scabs. And I don't want to say like just get over it, but it's like, well, wait a second. I'm not, I haven't, I haven't been acting out. And we've like discovered we, we put, I thought we put this to bed. And at some point, it seems like it's like, do you like the chaos of like reviewing old transgressions by me? Just as much as I like the chaos of the transgression, I don't know. I might not be making any sense there, but no, that makes sense. I think that makes sense. And then I like, you know, I feel like such an uh, insensitive prick for even saying that because it's like, after what I've put her through, you know, I really don't have any like right to be saying like, oh, well, this is kind of like inconveniencing me. Like I thought we were already dealt with this. <laughs> it's like, you know, I can see. I can see how you would think that. I can see how you would think that. It's, yeah. I, and I mean, you know, it's, and that's like one of those because I have, I have, well, I have a problem with being like, oh, I'm not allowed to feel that way about this situation. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not allowed to feel that way. But it's like, hold on, what did BAI teach me? I absolutely am allowed <laughs> to feel however I feel about a certain situation. I might not be right for feeling yeah. that way, but I can't be like I. 
I'm allowed to feel what I'm allowed to feel. I'm allowed to feel what I'm feeling. Sure, absolutely. No, and you should feel open to share how you're feeling, right? Not just like yeah. suppress it or shame feel shameful about it. Yeah, and that's that's kind of kind of where I'm at right now. That's uh, you know, we when we first got on the Zoom, Pat was like, "How you doing?" And I was like, "I'm not good." And he was like, I was like, "I'm angry right now." Um, and we we wanted to wait till we got on here to talk, but that's man, I'm like, I've got a lot of anger towards my mother right now, and I don't feel like I can talk to her about it. Yeah, and and it's like I I made some calls today, and I you know I did talk to one guy. And, you know, that that really helps, but it's like, man, I really want to say these things to the person they're about because that, to me, feels like that's, like, the best way to overcome those feelings is by sharing them with who they're with, who they're for, and, and I, I don't feel like I can do that right now, and that's, like, just, like, really tearing me up and really causing a lot of problems internally. Cause it's like, I want to have these conversations with you, but I don't feel like I can because, because also too, I feel like I'm not allowed to be mad. How much of that do you think is just because you're uh, in a situation where you're living with her and it's like, you're, you don't get a, like a good enough, I don't want to say buffer zone, but because it's such a constant, you know? Well, and that was, and that's, that's actually part of why I'm mad tonight. She was I got I got home yesterday and she was like, "Oh, hey, I'm taking your little brother and we're going out of town for the weekend. We're leaving Friday afternoon." And I am inside jumping for joy thinking, "Oh my god, I finally get some space yeah. to just chill, hang out with my dog and just in my house alone." And she I went out after work with some buddies to grab some food and then I was going to go home and chill for a couple hours and then come in and do this with you. And she literally texted me while I was out with my buddies and she was like, Oh, I didn't get enough done. So we're not leaving till tomorrow morning. And I just like, dude, I'm was like, I am so, uh, dude, it pissed me off. Like I'm mad that tonight, I feel like tonight got taken away from me. I had built up all day long. Oh man. I'm literally where there were some thoughts of acting out. Absolutely. Um, and they they kind of fell back. I was like, honestly, I would rather just because my I wanted to act out with somebody. And yeah. I was like, you know what? That's honestly doesn't sound all that appealing to me right now. What sounds appealing to me is just sitting at home alone with my dog. That that's what sounds really good to me. Um, so I wasn't even sure if I was gonna follow through with that or not. But yeah. then it's like, but again, it's, and then, so now I'm just like, so, and part of me is like, well, you're not allowed to feel that way. You're throw, you're having a pity party for yourself. Cause it's like, oh, okay. One night they're still leaving tomorrow. So you'll still, I'll still get a couple nights this weekend, couple days at home alone. And, but it's like, so boo hoo, I lost one night, but still I can't deny how I'm feeling. Yeah. But you lost a yeah, lot more so than one night. I think that's. I think the one night is just like a symbolic thing, you know. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. No, I was just gonna say, like uh, the one thing, you know, I've I definitely have uh, have regrets about things that, you know, have taken. I would say things that my daughters have seen me and her mother, you know, kind of uh, engage in. Mm-hmm. But uh, the one thing I have not won't have any regrets about is like there's never been a situation where i thought like geez 
those girls were like dependent on me to get them out of a situation where they were not a hundred percent safe. And I let them down. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that was kind of like the one thing that sticks out about your story is like, you know, mom should have like been there protecting you from stuff that happened that you weren't necessarily equipped to deal with. And then also it was like, I didn't have, I didn't have in my life as a kid, somebody that I could be 100% honest with. I, yep. I don't know how you feel about it, but you know, to be that no, person. I didn't either. Yeah. To be that person in a kid's life where they feel comfortable to be a hundred percent honest because like, you know, they can open up to somebody that's like, if you're that one person, you can have like a fucking world of difference. And I didn't, I'd never thought about it like that. So my, uh, one of my sober coaches when I was in just coming out of rehab said that, and I was like, wow, you know, I've never really thought about that, but I'd have been able to tell somebody like how bad I was hurting instead of just kind of like, you know, putting my head down and saying, I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. You know, I might've saved myself a lot of like, uh, grief and, uh, frustration. So I'm sure there's a part of that. It's like just that built up anger about that resentment that makes it tough with your mom sometimes. Oh, definitely. And it's like, it's starting to bleed over into like my trust in my higher power. Um, cause I'm like, I, I, when I was a kid, I looked to my caregivers to protect me. Uh-huh. I don't feel like they protected me. So therefore I have this trust with these protective authority figures and uh-huh. with God, it's like, all right, God, I, I do believe that you're going to, that you're going to protect me, but I'm also not sure of that. So let me try to take this into my own hands because I'm yeah. not too sure if you're going to actually give me what I need. So I, I think, and, and I'm so easy to forget that when I try to do things my way, I just fall flat on mm-hmm. my face and, but, but yet I keep trying to do it over and over. And, and so, and that actually just, I just found that out, just kind of made those connections like two weeks ago. And so those emotions though are, are still very raw and very fresh. And it's like, all right, I've got more anger and resentment towards my caregivers than I thought that I did. Yeah. I can totally relate, man, because it's not like a big, it's not necessarily one that I go into on a daily basis, but like when I was doing my, I was doing a four-step inventory, and it's like, the way that it was laid out to me is just start from day one, like all the people and things that you're resentful of, and like, I'm like, okay, number one, I'm like, God, I resent God, (laughs) I'm like, Oh man, this is I'm in for a fucking long haul. Yeah. Like, this is a problem. Yeah. Program about like makes all these references God and the higher power. Like if you resent God, you kind of feel like you're fucked. You know, like right, like that's but, like the 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 two things you need in the program are God and the fellowship, or your your higher power and the fellowship. Yeah. No, but it's like and now I kind of like I look at it and say, okay, you know, I was resentful about it. Now, I mean, there was a time where like I wouldn't even have been able I wouldn't have been comfortable either telling you about like the thing with my surgery mm-hmm. or I would have been like kind of like stuttering and stammering when I was telling you because I wasn't sure like how I would describe it and like you know what I mean mm-hmm. like, or yeah. I would give 
just you know something that would be like I was at some sort of unease with it. Whereas now I can at least just, I guess maybe somehow on some level it was some opportunity for personal growth. I mean, it sure seemed like a fucking shitty way to have to growth grow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't really get it, you know? Cause I've looked at like, okay, is there like something here I'm missing? Like, could I be like doing a, you know, a, a podcast for people that suffer from that thing or writing a newsletter or something. And like, I've kind of just said like, I don't know. I'd rather just have that be in my past and let the resentment go. But that's easier for me to do with that particular thing than you know, something where you're on a daily basis being reminded of it. So I don't yeah. know. I wish I had, like, that's a tough one. Do you have a, do you, do you have like a sponsor that can bounce it off of? I, I do have a sponsor, um, and I really like my sponsor. This is my second sponsor that I've had, and I, and I really like him. We share a lot of similarities as far as, like, how we approach relationships and what we expect, and and, and it's really good. And, you know, I, I was I – sh- I think the night that I – it was my one therapist that we kind of connected the dots with this with, and I remember sharing in my group that night – just how pissed off I was. I remember I was like crying. I was pissed off. Like, wasn't sure if I was going to act out. Or I even told, I was like, I, don't even, I might act out tonight. I can't, I don't know, guys. I might act out. And one of the guys was like, you know, I had a lot of resentments towards my mom. And, and he was like, I was able to kind of work through those things in the 12 steps. Yeah. And, and I was like, okay. And I had already planned this year to 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 really dive into the steps and to work the steps because I really want to work the steps and yeah. I know that it's 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 a marathon not a sprint so I've actually me and my sponsor have been talking about the steps and you know getting through them because I I really want to get through them and so I'm like okay you know what let's let's follow the steps and let's see kind of where things go from there because obviously there's a lot of growth that can come from working the steps. Oh, yeah. um, did you did you work the steps in the uh, like a, in AA? No. So uh, whenever I came out of the sober house, so I lived in the sober house for three months, and I'd been in rehab for uh, thirty days. So it was basically four months clean and sober. And I, both myself and my significant other, we uh, did a a one year long program with a group called Aware, which is an in home mm-hmm. treatment. In-home addiction treatment, they call it IHAT. So they'll literally come in and, like, they'll wean you off opioids, put you on Suboxone, wean you off your Suboxone. Like, you could detox from, you know, a opioid addiction in your house, which sounds absolutely miserable to me. <laughs> wow. They will do it in any case. The whole point being, like, to bring the treatment where the addict's suffering, you know? Because not, yeah. not everyone will go to rehab. So it's very, right. like, it's pretty uh, cutting-edge therapy. But I had been talking to somebody there through a family friend and the hospital, the, the facility where I went to rehab, I was like, well, would you do uh, would you do sober living or this in-home treatment? And they were like, I didn't know it at the time, but they were like, well, if, if you're able to, we, you know, we'd recommend both. And I think, I, mean, I think that's sort of like seeing the level of care they thought I needed, but like everything that was, <laughs> everything that was expressed to me is, Hey, if we can get you to 12 months of sobriety, your like chances of long-term recovery hockey stick from there, you know, the probability just goes way up. So like, let's build like guardrails to get you to 12 months 
And then, you know, hopefully that puts you on a path for success. So that was, I, that made perfect sense to me. And with AWARE, I had two full-time sober coaches. So full-time means I'd meet them twice a week. So I was meeting, you know, I was essentially having a one-hour meeting four times a week with, wow. guys, with guys that had 20 years sobriety. So when I said to one of them, this guy, Tony, he's great. I said, Tony, like, I was thinking about asking such and such to be my sponsor. And uh, he said, well, he went through the, so I did the steps in a very, there's a thing called, uh, uh, people call it the Yellow Book or Wally P. It was basically from the old days in the 30s, they would get you through the steps in four one-hour meetings. You'd do three steps each meeting because they mm-hmm. were like, if we don't get our clutches, you know, if we don't get our hooks into them right away, they're going to go out and we'll never see them again. So this like method had like a 75% success rate. Wow. It's like, it's totally old timers. And, you know, now it's like a more, kinder gentler approach that you know takes your time yep. more mm-hmm. but uh, the sober house would host it where we'd get through the steps and do it that way but it's not the same you know you don't go through all your like ninth step amends it's it's not the same as doing it with a sponsor like one-on-one so i spent two years basically sitting on step three which is you know the first my, i was i had this one guy that i actually used to be my therapist he said, like, the first three steps are just an invitation to do the rest of the steps, which is where all the work is, which is true. If you read it, you know, like, admitted to God, and we were powerless, mm-hmm. you know, came to believe. I mean, that's kind of stuff you sit across with somebody at a diner, just like, yeah, 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 that sounds good. But then, like, you get, yeah. step, you get step four or five. I mean, then you're like, okay, actually roll up your sleeves and mm-hmm. get clean house. So, yeah, I mean, I'm doing step, I'm on step five now. And uh, my sponsor is awesome. You know, like, come to find out, like, you know, I don't have, like, a – I was raised Roman Catholic. I'm not really – I'm, you know, I haven't practiced religion 20 years. I mean, I consider myself spiritual in that I believe there's a higher power, but I don't know exactly what it is for me. Right now, it's, like, sure. just the, the people in the rooms of AA that are, like, trying to do things in a better way and make themselves better and – this conversation right now, like God's speaking to me through you right now, you know, and anybody I encounter. So like, I do think God's speaking to me through my sponsor because he's gone through a really difficult divorce. Yeah. He advised, you know, he basically says, before you make any major decisions, I'd like you to call me and five other alcoholics. <laughs> wow. It's like, I think that's pretty reasonable advice, you know? Yeah, but absolutely. <laughs> yeah, all the things that yeah. I, I can cook up, cook up in my head that sound like a great idea to me, you know. I mean, literally, the uh, you know one of my more recent challenges—I should say challenge—but they just might legalize like sports gambling here in Connecticut. Uh huh. So I enjoy like a parlay here and there, like you know these like NBA you can do like two dollar, you know seven eight leg parlays, put down two bucks and like you know, pay off at a thousand or something. So I was in, I was at home watching our dogs while Molly, my, my wife and the girls, our daughters were away for Thanksgiving. It was like 11 o'clock. I was about to put a parlay down on this Lakers uh, Kings game. And for some reason I said $2, my finger slipped and I hit 25. And like my fucked up head, I was like, 
oh my god is this god telling me that i should like go big on this bet (laughs) (laughs) i was like are you really like that sick in the head you think god's speaking to you through a betting app yeah Yeah, uh uh-huh but i still ended up putting 12 down because i was like i was like i'll split the difference and put 12 i didn't win but you know so like Juan, my sponsor Juan, he asked me and like he keeps me honest about it, you know. And I feel like I have to tell him, like I, t- you know, I could hold that in my. Well, gambling hasn't been a problem for me historically. That's like, come on, Pat, are you serious? You're gonna like seriously sit here and tell yourself that? Like, every indication is if I gamble long enough, I will make it a problem to myself. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I talk about it, you know. I even talked to my significant other about it, and she's not, you know, she's not too keen on it either. But, you know, the other night I was like, just uh, in case you're wondering, like, we're rooting for Cooper Cup to have a 50 yard reception. <laughs> <laughs> At least give her a heads up, you know. It can't be a secret, and it can't get too out of hand if I'm like talking to the people that are impacted by it and other people, you know, that can say, well, geez. You know, don't you think that's a little bit much? So progress, not perfection, right? Yeah, and it's like you you're 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 shining light on it by talking about it and you know, anything that we do in secrecy that we don't talk about Hell yeah. is gonna is gonna end up biting us in the butt. Oh yeah. It's gonna end up biting us in the butt. Yeah, we end up being like the judge, jury, and executioner in this like yes. court of court of relativity. You know, I'm constantly yes. like saying like, well, uh, I wasn't that bad compared to this thing I used to do or you know, this thing I saw uh, somebody else do. I'm like, ugh. Dude, I don't I, live like that, that. I don't live like that. No, not at all. And it's so crazy, like, just, and I've talked about this before, just like the deals that I'll make in my head with myself. Hell yeah. The deals I'll make in my head, the justifications, like... The loopholes yeah, I will out. find, like I will find, I will find. I mean, I'm an addict. At the end of the day, yeah. I'm an addict. So I'm gonna find any. I lived on loopholes. I lived on those justifications in my head, like. And the only way to to work past those is by talking about them. Yep. That rigorous honesty, living that life. Yep, no doubt about it. It's uh no. Do you uh, journal at all? I do journal. Yeah, I journal at least four days a week. Yeah, I, I really need to start that as well. Just like, I mean, I feel like it's the same thing you say about a meeting. Like, you, if you can't, I mean, don't tell me. Like, I don't want to hear myself say like, "Oh, I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't have time." It's like, no, I didn't make time. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah, I've plenty of yeah. time. You know, dude, I've I've definitely found that like journaling is a way for me to have a conversation with myself that gets me out of my head. Because in my head, we hit so many of these roadblocks, and that's where so many of these ideas come from. But And I hit these roadblocks. So if I talk to somebody, those roadblocks will clear. And then I've found that writing it down, one, I've been able to like validate myself through my journaling. Uh-huh. And two, it helps me kind of get past those, those roadblocks. Because I remember... There was, there's been a couple times where I'm sit, I'm just pissed off or I'm really scared or anxious and I'll start writing down my anxieties and then all of a sudden 
the journal entry will shift from this fear-based to this, okay, here's the solution. Here's, you know, hey, these are all just these are all just things you're making up in your head. Yeah. You know, it it's crazy how they they'll they flowed like that for me and how yeah. I can like, oh shit. Even just writing it out is just as good sometimes as me talking about. It. I still need to talk about these things, but I found that in a pinch, yeah. writing it down when I'm at work, I literally have a pen and paper with me at all times. Yeah. So that at any point in time I can just stop and start writing stuff down. Yeah, so no, it, I, it, it really helps. Yeah, definitely. And the other thing is, like, I've been thinking about pen and paper, like, at meetings. Because a lot of times, like, things that I'll have, thoughts that I'll have, it'd be like, somebody will be sharing on something. And I'll, like, hear something that they say. And my head goes off, like, you know, not being mindful at all. But, like, thinking about what they say. But also thinking about what I'm going to say when I share next. And before you know it, two other people have shared. And I'm still, like, thinking about what I'm going to say next. And have, like, totally missed, like... You know, check yeah. out for like 10 minutes of the meeting. Dude, it's that like, happens a lot. Yeah, like I'd like to just say like, okay, I don't, I'm not going to share at all at this meeting, no matter what's said that I think I have something to add on. Like I'll just save it for my journal. And I'm just like a bystander here because I like get more out of the meetings when I just am an active listener as opposed to, uh, you know, thinking I'm like, can I have the share of the day or something? <laughs> Dude, that's I that's a really good point cuz man, I've found myself getting lost in that. And then I get like mad at myself cuz I'm like what what are you doing, man? You're not even present. Like you need to be present for this. Cuz then cuz like I said, I'll get oh mad at myself. Dude, there was like two most amazing shares the other night at my a, like my AA home group. There's this one dude, he's an older guy. He's probably like I want to say 60, 65. He was in the military and he had all these like appointments overseas like you know, different faraway places. He did this share. It was on anonymity. So he he literally said the guy's names. I feel comfortable that I'm not breaking his anonymity. But he was in Hong Kong, and he said he was in, like, the – this is, like, in 1972, I think he said, like, early 70s. And he was in, like, the top hotel, American hotel in Hong Kong. And he saw what he knew just from – I didn't, like, kind of – I didn't um, – eyeballing him from across the room that was an American and he went over to him because he looked down on his luck and said hey would you like to go grab lunch and it was this guy Jonathan Winters who's apparently like a famous comedian comedian he was like Robin Williams's mentor oh. and uh he was his like uh father on work and Mindy you remember that show no I didn't watch that show well, I mean, we weren't even alive, I don't think. That was like like no. 70s. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, he's like a famous dude, right? He's a famous dude back in the 70s and apparently like an amazing comedian. So this guy goes and has lunch with him. He said, I think I had two beers, you know, and in Hong Kong, it was like summertime in Hong Kong. He's like, it was like probably 100 degrees, like two beers is like nothing, right? Mm -hmm. To me at the time. He said that at the end of lunch, Jonathan Winters says, hey, Mark, I want you to take my card. If you ever think you have a problem, please give me a feel free to give me a call. And he's like, you know, I take the card and I don't really like know what he's talking about because I don't think I have any sort of problem that I need to call Jonathan Winters about. I just thought he was being a nice guy, but he obviously took note of my drinking. He's like, and I kept that card for 20 years. And then one day, like I was ready and I was I knew I had a problem. <laughs> and he's like, I called Jonathan Winters. 
He's like, he picked up on like the second ring and he remembered me. He remembered the color of my eyes and where we had lunch in Hong Kong. I was like, whoa. Wow. And he's like, two weeks later, I was at an AA meeting at his house, like overlooking Pacific Palisades, like up on the cliffs of, uh, you know, Pacific Palisades with uh, who's who of Hollywood, like in the room. And they were talking about how when anonymity comes in is, you know, isn't respected in AA, their fame gives an L and it burns them with like a flame, you know, that it's like the only place that they can go to get help. Wow. Yeah. Dude, that's a wild story. I know, right? That's crazy. Yeah, it's nutty. That's then, wild, man. And then the next dude shared how he had been in a meeting in Greenwich like 15 years ago. And Robin Williams came in to the room and how when Robin, you know, he said he always uh, he always talked about how hairy he was. And he's like, he walked past me. He had shorts on and a tank top. And I was like, geez, he really is a hairy motherfucker. (laughs) 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 I'm just laughing so hard. (laughs) Mm, yeah, man, man. I think so, uh, I think keeping my ears open in like meetings is like one of the. I mean, they get so much stuff. It always cracks me up when like people are like, "Well, I, I'm so glad I came to this meeting." You know, it never fails. I get some. I get something that I need out of these meetings, and it's like, hey, wait a second, like, please tell me you're. You don't think that this meeting just like serendipitously serves up to you? It's like. I just need so many goddamn things that, like, you go into a buffet of, like, you know, good thinking, like, you get at any sort of 12-step meeting, you're bound like, really unlucky. I mean, I think there's a meeting, whether it's essay, it's a good meditate meditation, you know, just an hour to kind of, like, sit with myself kind of not not be thinking only about myself you know yeah like just sit with my emotions it's like the one it's like the 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 hour the that however many meetings you do a week or, or whatever it's like that one hour it's like that's the place where like i feel the least alone and yeah. like even even just being in that setting and even doing it through zoom which I have come to like really like love Zoom meetings um, because I've done some in-person meetings here in the area and like I met my sponsor through an in-person meeting here and I I, I have them in my back pocket if I really need them. Um, but honestly, like my home group is a Zoom meeting where it's yeah. 30 guys from all over the United States. And don't get me wrong, there's it's easy to be distracted because I if I in person, my phone's in my pocket. I don't look at my phone for an hour, whereas on Zoom, you know, I can easily just be like, pick up my phone, look at it, like, and I sure. don't have too many struggles with that. But there's, I again, for me, Zoom is has has really worked, and I just, I don't know, the in person meetings I've been to in the area, they're good. It's just there's there hasn't been that kind of that camaraderie or connection because you know it's it's all about the connection, absolutely. And and in the the one Zoom meeting that I do twice a week, I've just I've found that. And yeah, it's, no doubt. I mean, there's people here like that uh, have basically just favored Zoom meetings. They're like, "Hey, man! Like, I all, all of a sudden it's like I can go to a meeting like twenty four seven 
in all mm-hmm. these different locales all over the world. It's like have the world's my oyster. Like I would go on like AA tour, you know, it's like there's something to be said for that. And like I would never badmouth a Zoom meeting. It's just uh you know, it's like you said, you get what you put into it. Yep. And the dynamic definitely changes. Like if you're used to it being the in-person meeting, like once it's like half the people or a new cohort of people and it's on Zoom, it's like not the it's not the same meeting that you used to go to. So it's not unsurprising that it may or may not work for you still. But it's awesome that's, that you found that one. Yeah, that's a really good point because I think that for me, you know, we I was first introduced to SAA in, in treatment. Every yep. night at treatment, we would have an SAA meeting in the house. And it was an hour long. We did all the readings, you know, the shares. And, you know, when I got out, we're in COVID. So basically everything was on Zoom. So that was like my first introduction to the Zoom meeting. I remember doing, I, w- I won't do like a phone-in meeting. Yeah, that's where it's over so the phone. weird. I'm like weird, weird, so weird. I did those at first. Yeah, right. <laughs> I I did those at first, but man, I would I would be so distracted because yeah, I'm I'd be so distracted, and then the actually in the group, my Tuesday Thursday group is the first Zoom meeting that I did outside of BAI. It's not based March. out in Arizona, is it? No, it's actually um, Iowa. Okay, it's based in Iowa. Um, and actually, there was a guy recently that came in at the end of last year that went to BAI and from I'd BAI been beating been he yeah he went there uh, last last year later on in the year and I've been really meaning to catch up with him because I want to learn his I want to hear his experience because you yeah. know the the group dynamics were all different they said I was actually supposed to be in the group before our group yeah I remember um, saying that but I ha- I wasn't gonna be sober enough from coke. In order to hit the thirty days sober before treatment, which then put me in our group, which I was supposed to be in our group, um, but they were saying, you know, the group before us, they were like, yeah, these guys weren't even talking. I yeah. remember um, it was Lane was like, he he t- he told me this story. He was like, yeah, they were in the van one day, awesome. and I was like, hey guys. Uh, we're gonna run to my house real quick. I got some some chores I need to do. You guys are gonna help me. And everybody in the van was like, "Yeah, okay, all right." And he was like, "Yeah, we're just gonna go there. Uh, probably paint some. I got some walls that need to be painted. The grass needs to be cut." And they and they were all just like, "Yeah, okay." I think if he would have said that to us, we would have just laughed at him. Yeah, I don't think so. Our group was, uh, I mean, we were definitely supposed to be in that group, right? There's no coincidences. That was yeah. a group we were supposed to be in. And, I mean, it was a it was an awesome group of guys from all walks of life, all yeah. ages. Uh, Jim and Dick. I mean, the classic was when Dick and, uh, Dick and uh, John were, like, almost ready to come to blows in the van one day. <laughs> and then, like, Jim and, like, Miles are, like, trying to break it up i'm like this is why i don't talk about politics or religion (laughs) well that was like the one like the the like the first couple rules they discussed was like we don't talk about politics and we don't push our religion 
Yeah, yeah, John, and yeah. Help sometimes. We 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 got a little spanking one day because as is is Pat said, it got a little heated in the back of the Sprinter van. I was like sitting up towards the front that day, so I don't even really didn't even really hear. But I just remember, yeah, there's you know Matt Matt kind of sure. came in. Matt kind of came in that morning and was like, "All right, guys, we don't talk. This is why we don't talk about those things. Yeah, we don't talk okay. about those things." No, there was a slow build, you know. Definitely, yeah, definitely. That battery was not respected until Matt issued his reminder. But <laughs> it's all good. I mean, everybody, yeah. every, everybody was at the end of the day. No matter what differences you had, like you knew everybody was trying to help you get better because they wanted to get better, and uh, yeah. you know, everybody was basically good, good folk. That I would say, like. There's nobody that was like, "Hey, this guy's like got bad intent." Or no, not at all. And I, I think that that, that really helped me yeah. not uh, to be so like, not necessarily judgmental, but like more aware that, hey, man, like it literally could be anybody going through this. Yeah. Anybody, you got guys that look like they have it together on the outside. You have guys that don't really have look like they have it together, you know. It's, but yet we were all suffering from, you know, in the from the readings, you know, we knew the depth of each other's pain. Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. and it and it worked. And our group was awesome, and it was just such an awesome experience. Hardest two weeks of my life, um, and the best, probably some of the best two weeks of my life because. And I and I don't I need to get better at going back through it and kind of reliving that because I remember I was standing in my kitchen the other day and I was just it like hit me I was like holy shit like I went to BAI I spent two weeks no cell phone thrown in with eight other guys that I did not know in a house in Colorado to and talked about my feelings yeah man like oh shit I did that no definitely uh, definitely one of those things you'll you know, look back on it. I also think about like, you know, I know that like, there's like a lot of uncertainty for you in terms of your relationship with And for me, like, you know, with my marriage and how that's going to impact my kid relationship with my kids. But like, it's not good. You know, someday, regardless of how it works out, if it's like the way we would ideally set it up, if we could control the pieces on the board or whatever, mm-hmm. like, I could see a situation where it's either a kid or herself or my daughter's like looking back and saying like, well, you know, he, I can see there were, he made some mistakes, but like he also like made some efforts to like do something beyond what maybe like the average person would have, you know? Yeah. Abs. Cause you think about, I mean, you think about it, how many people are not, and, and that's honestly, that's been like this, like self-righteous thought in me. Of like, yeah. why won't you, you look at what I'm doing almost like, cause how many people are just going to walk through this life and never, never yeah. address any of this stuff? The majority of people. Yeah. And so I need to be careful with those thoughts. Cause it's like, I, if I feel very self-righteous, like, yeah, no, I hear you, man. I'm like, I'm not too bad, for, but like, I'm always, I'm never like, I'm never patting myself on the back, but I'm still looking around wondering when somebody else will. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but, absolutely. You know, we gotta do it for our own motive, you know, noble motivations, and it'll all come in good time. You know, if we're just keep at it, keep plugging away. 
Yeah, and you know the the thing that the biggest thing is like no matter what happens, we're gonna be okay. Yeah, definitely, we're gonna be okay. We're gonna be okay. And I don't know, like I may not know what God's will for me is, but like I know I can be pretty certain that's like not like you know sitting on some freaking hookup app till all hours of the night or doing going on a webcam and ending up with sitting there wondering why my dick's in my hands, you know. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's, that's, not that's, that's not God's will for me. That so. I I tell you what again. Yes, I like that. I do not understand what His will is, but I do know that it is not me locking myself in a room and just watching porn and jacking off. Yep, I got that for you, yeah. brother. Doesn't want that. So, man, thanks for sharing. I I, I like that view on it. That's yeah. That's really good, man. That was ah oh, man, dude, Pat, dude. Thank you for coming on, man. I appreciate Dude. it, man. It's getting a little late here on the East Coast. Yeah, yeah. I man, to, uh, get, dude. I'm going to take the girls tomorrow morning and go to uh, go for a little rock climbing wall over at Chelsea. Awesome. Pier. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. Oh, good. I hope you have a good time. And, man, Pat, again, thank you so you much for coming on, man. Your ho- you got your hockey game tomorrow? Dude, we got a hockey game tomorrow. I got I got a bunch of people from work. Uh, coming to right. the game, so that's I'll pretty look, cool. I'm looking, looking forward to that. And see if I see you in there. <laughs> <laughs> you know they they they've been talking about trying to like stream the games and stuff. So I'm like, nice. man, I'm, I'll be I'll be sending you guys if they yeah, if they man. get to that point because it'd be cool to send it out. Check it out for sure. Yeah, man. So, dude, okay, Pat, again, and, uh, I'll talk to you on Sunday, big fan. All right, Pat, man. I'll talk to you later. Love you, man. All right, be love easy, you too, brother. Take care. See you, man. Bye bye. Thanks so much, guys, for listening, and thanks to Pat for being here. I really appreciate it. You know, it's not easy to share our stories and to talk about the things that we're going through. Um, I mean, we spent our entire lives running from those things, as as Pat and I discuss, and so it's not easy to do this. Um, So I'm very grateful for Pat um, for coming on and sharing his experience with us and and please guys feel free to to reach out with any comments feedbacks uh questions anything that you guys want to hear me discuss on here uh please let me know please feel free to email me at no lions here at gmail.com uh again that's no lions here at gmail.com I, I really look forward to to hearing from you um inter- interacting with some of the uh, some of the listeners uh so thanks again guys i really appreciate it and we'll see you next time